You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. What is it like to have a problem with obesity and then go through a bariatric surgery? Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and I'm delighted to be discussing this topic today with Carney Wilson, noted uh, singer, performer, and personality, entertainment personality. Thank you so much, Ms. Wilson, for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I know that you've discussed this topic previously, and as a medical professional, I'd be very interested in hearing a little bit about your story with a particular slant toward how your experiences were with medical professionals in terms of how you've dealt with this and leading up to the surgery and subsequent. Can you tell us a little bit about how the problem with uh, excess weight developed for you? I've always battled with my weight. My family, there's a history of obesity in my family on both sides, my mother's and my father's, and uh, my sister does not battle with, with obesity. She can gain weight if she ate, you know, tons of cake and cookies and pies and, and didn't work out and burn those calories, but for some reason, she was able to avoid it. So it, I grew up with, I was the fat sister, she was the thin sister, and I didn't, I was confused for a long time. But now when I look back, I remember being a small child and never being satisfied food-wise. I, I wanted more sugar. I was very obsessed with sugar and carbs, and I was looking at everybody else's plate, and I wanted more, 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 and I remember eating a whole can of frosting when I was around five or six years old and being very sick, sneaking food all the time. It's been a rough battle for me and a great sense of comfort from a young age. I think mentally and physically, I just, I feel like I'm just predisposed to being obese. Certainly we see that in our practices that there does seem to be a strong genetic component and and you certainly had some unusual pressures on you in terms of your family being very public. Was it, do you think, uh, more than just food that you were trying to uh, fill a, a need for? Well, you know, the truth is that I, I've always been, you know, a pretty outgoing person and self-esteem. My self-esteem, I think, coming from my background and my family's history, you would imagine, maybe one would imagine that I would have a low self-esteem. But my mother, Marilyn, was really great at sort of just, I don't know, she always comforted me and loved me, and there was a lot of physical hugging and loving and, and reassuring and sort of like teaching me about morals and people and karma, and, and I believed in myself as a person, and I, it was like there was me, I was always performing in school, I was always making everyone laugh, and, and I was always teased for my weight, and there was a, there was a lot of pain. I grew up with a, feeling ashamed, but at the same time, feeling like this power because I was bigger and stronger and I could make you laugh and I was popular and I wasn't going to be this fat kid that was going to sit in the corner and cry and have no friends. That was not not an option for me. That's not you. And, and certainly, again, I, I think of my practice, I, I can see in uh, many people that the social the social stigma and how it can have profound effects even on adults, let alone on children. Oh, my heart goes out to people. My heart goes out when I see young girls in particular, boys too, of course, when I see them like nine, ten years old, when I really started gaining a lot of weight, oh, my heart breaks because I know what they're going through. I, I can tell the ones that if they don't get a hold of it that are going to become ill, they're going to become morbidly obese. It's just terrifying. Do you recall at that point from a medical side, did, did your pediatrician, did doctors uh, mention this to you? Did they shy away from it? 
When I was around six, we had my thyroid tested, and it was on the low side of normal, but nothing that needed medication. And it was probably more emotional for me eating because um, I was pretty active. I mean, physically, I was really, I loved sports. I loved I was always running around and, and having fun, roller skating, volleyball, you know, trampoline, swimming, everything. But I just ate a lot. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't burn those calories. But, you know, I don't know, is, is my metabolism, has my metabolism been really slow? Maybe. You know, I don't even know if I have one. Let's put it that way. It seems like my body just likes to be fat. But it, it sounds like there was not, a, other than checking your thyroid, uh, there was not a lot of support given to you from the medical professional side. I remember going, I would go to the doctor for my annual checkup and he would say, you know, Carney, you know, you're gaining weight. It was like, I would probably gain 10 pounds a year. He said, you know, you keep on gaining weight and we've, we have to get a hold of this now because one day it's going to be really hard for you to lose that weight and you will become unhealthy. And I remember every year dreading, dreading going to the doctor because I knew I was a healthy girl with a great social life, but I could not, I just kept getting fatter and fatter. And uh, I started going to Weight Watchers camps in the summertime and I'd lose 20, 25 pounds and I'd just gain it back during the year. You're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman and we are talking with Carney Wilson, superb singer and noted entertainment personality about her experience with being overweight and eventually leading to bariatric surgery. Uh, were there particular things that led you in that direction to consider a surgical procedure when you were older? Well, I mean, it was clear that after every diet from a young age, I was, I was taking X-lax when I was, you know, 11 years old. I mean, I, I was trying everything to lose weight, and uh, nothing worked. I, I would lose some, gain more, gain it back and more. And when I was around, I think in high school, I started becoming real obese. And I was I remember weighing around 200, 220 and then when my professional career started, I started really feeling the pressures and stress of, of the business and just work in general. And um, I gained another 50 pounds, and I was up to about 250. And and your height is, is about 5'3"? Five, 5'3 three? Five, three and a half, just under 5'4". And uh, I've always been muscular. I've always had you know real, real good muscle tone. I've always exercised. But And during this period of weight gain in my young you know, adulthood, I, I, I would continue to exercise. I had a trainer that would come three days a week and I, without fail, would walk three days a week. And I'm grateful for that. And I think I kept my heart strong and my legs and, you know, my, I, I think that it was a very smart move on my part. But what happened is I, I started physically feeling the effects of morbid obesity. When I reached about 275, I had, I really started having trouble with my body. I started feeling my body start to fall. To fall apart. Did it affect your singing at all? No, no, it did not affect my singing. But it it was, it was like every every week there would be a new problem. I would I would feel I would have pins and needles in my feet. My feet were killing me. I had headaches. I had acne. I had circulation problems. My my sciatica nerve. I started having sleep apnea. Um, my cholesterol was high. My blood pressure was was rising, and becoming high. And I was having gallbladder pains and. All of these uh, comorbidities, as we call them, that come with uh, having excess weight. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's like physical, and then the list goes on, and then that's not even counting the emotional and the spiritual. I was at a low point in my life, and I think that, you know, there's so many different types of people out there that have been overweight. They're used to being overweight. When you become very, very, very heavy, I think it becomes a lifestyle, and you almost feel because of the pressures in this world and how hard it is to lose weight, 
when you're that big, it seems insurmountable. And when I, when I reached the point where I wasn't in denial, I definitely was not in denial. I knew how big I was and I knew how dangerous the state of my health was. And I knew that I had to do something, but I didn't know what to do. So I threw my hands in the air and I was, I was desperate for help. As a medical professional, how did your doctors uh, respond? Were they there for you or this is something you had to pursue on your own? Well, my manager and friend, Mickey Shapiro, he, he had started a website at that time called Spotlight Health. And uh, he said to me, you know, we're getting all these celebrities together and we're, we're having the celebrities come on the website and talk about their health problems, people with breast cancer or, you know, diabetes or um, heart disease. And for you, we're wondering if you would consider having a gastric bypass surgery live on the Internet and talk about your experience with that. And I thought it was crazy. And I thought, that's just weird. You know, why would I do that? And I thought about it for a couple of days. And I, I just, just had Bell's palsy on one side of my face. I was at a really horrible place in my life. I was at my most unhealthy, physically, mentally, and I made a movie, a television miniseries for NBC, and I remember going on the Roseanne show to promote the show, and she had the gastric bypass, and she lost, she lost about 90 pounds, and she said to talk to her about it, and, and I, saw, I thought to myself, well, here in the, in the same week, my manager talked to me about this, he approached me, now Roseanne's approaching me, maybe this is a sign from God, you know, maybe you need to consider having having medical intervention. Then was it easy for you to find a surgeon at that point, or was that done through Mickey Shapiro? The only surgeon I knew of or ever heard of was um, Dr. Phoebe, and I called Dr. Phoebe, and I went through, this, he sent me this packet of like, literally like five inches thick of question after question after question, but he sent me to a man in San Diego, Dr. Alan Whitgrove, who was really the pioneer for the laparoscopic version of gastric bypass. So I met with him, and in the first five minutes, we just, I was crying with him, and he was crying, and we connected, and I just knew that he was going to change my life forever. And was there additional support provided or education prior to the procedure? I wanted to know about it. I wanted to know what, what it was all about, because, you know, surgery is no fun, and it's been almost eight years, and every year I learn something else, feel differently, and I just know that at that time, everybody around me would say to me, I, we love you. We want you to get healthy. And if this is what you feel, you feel, not anyone else, that you feel is the right move for you and the right decision, then do it, and we will support you. And that was everyone from my doctors to my mom. My father was my father was probably the most excited out of everyone, and um, he was basically screaming. He thought it was just the best thing he's ever heard of in his life. So I, I had tons of support, which is really, really, really important for people. That's something you would stress to people who are considering going in this direction? Absolutely, because we feel alone to begin with, being the way we are, being that heavy. And, you know, only we know being in our bodies, being that fat, is so, so horrible and so painful physically and mentally that you feel like unless somebody else is your size, you can't, they cannot relate. So you need to have people around you, whether they, you need to educate them. You need to become educated about the surgery and what, how it can help you, but you need to educate people around you because there still are misconceptions about it that it's, you know, a surgery about vanity, that it's a quick fix, that it's an easy, easy, the easy way out, they say. And it's just the opposite of that. I've learned so much in the last eight years, and I've connected with thousands of people, one-on-one, thousands of people, face-to-face. And I know that one of the most important things is to make sure that you do it for your own reasons, that you cannot be forced into it, and that if somebody in your life does not agree with you, 
You need to stand firm, and you need to make the decision for you. And a lot of the times, the people that disagree, for whatever reason, then really it's good to get, really get an answer from them. Why don't you agree with me doing this? Do you understand what I'm going to do? Do you understand what the surgery is? And why are you opposed to me doing this? Find out what it is. Usually, it's based on fear. Well, I want to thank Carney Wilson, who has been discussing with me her experience with the ravages of being overweight and obese, both physically and emotionally, and then her her process of arriving at the decision to have bariatric surgery on the Internet and her feelings about what are important things for patients to consider when they are contemplating going forward with the surgical treatment for being overweight. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.